Welcome to Women, Wine, and Leadership. It's Business Strategies Week, and I am interviewing Diana Hall, founder of Active Armor. I first met Diana when I was a speaker coach for TEDx Colorado Springs. Her TED Talk set the vision for her creation, a replacement for itchy, unsanitary plaster casts using 3D printing. I was so proud to support her in that TED Talk over five years ago. I'm amazed to see how she provides these immobilization devices now to the National Football League, Major League Baseball, and she just signed a contract with Children's Hospital of Denver. What will amaze you about Diana's startup path is that she is tenacious to power through risk. You have to be tenacious as an entrepreneur, and for a time, you have to sacrifice balance in the interest of the big picture. I love the way she curates her best mind, body, and soul to bring this innovation to the world. Are you ready? Grab a glass of wine and join us. Just as an entrepreneur, how did this idea come to you? And um, uh, kind of retell that story that you told me earlier about how it's just taking off beyond your imagination. Sure. So uh, I'm a chemical engineer and uh, my brother had cystic fibrosis. So I was raised uh, pretty much in children's hospital, my brother and seeing children who were having to adapt to medical devices instead of the other way around for chronic conditions and acute injuries. So um, being, uh, having the engineering type of a mind and being completely left-brained and, and knowing that that was the path that I was meant to go down. I didn't really know how all of the things were going to come together. And I don't, I'm not sure that we really do as we're growing up and we're exploring what we're good at. Uh, but eventually everything comes together. If you look for that, that thing that is the reason that you're here on the earth. Uh, I think if you keep looking, you keep an open mind, keep your eyes open, eventually all comes together. And you never know how the people in your life are going to play into that, how the experiences that you have. And so I kind of grew up just not saying no to much. Uh, You know, if it felt right and, you know, I kind of followed that lead. And it's funny how how mission works like that. You know, you you have certain aspects in your life that are talents and, and things that experiences in your life and you're not really sure how that all comes together and then it does at one point. So uh, as I was working in Fortune 500 companies, I was working in software test uh, and I had a bait when I had my child, I had a, a rough pregnancy because I wasn't uh, necessarily supposed to be able to get pregnant. And then uh, when I did, I was very excited about that, but I had to take some time off. Um, and so I took some time off and I started running a mentoring program for children in poverty. And when I did that, they would have domestic violence or substandard living conditions, and they'd often have splints or casts that would get filthy. Uh, and they would, one little boy couldn't keep his dry outside the shower in a bag and he was being raised by elderly and disabled grandparents. So he ended up with permanent scarring on his arm and one little girl had bed bugs under her cast. So there were a lot of reasons why it was just, it seemed like an archaic, uh, type of a product that we just didn't have a mobilization that was hygienic and waterproof and breathable. Uh, so any, and especially people with chronic conditions that have to be immobilized long-term. They needed an alternative that they could wear and still maintain their normal lifestyle activities and just basic hygiene. Uh, So I knew about 3D printing. And so I uh, measured his little arm with calipers and I made him a plastic breathable 
uh, immobilization device, an exoskeleton, basically, that fit him. And I said, take this to your doctor and ask him if you can wear this instead. And uh, his doctor called me and asked me if I could make some more of them. And so through the whole, and that, you know, and that was five years ago. And through that, you know, I um, entered into an entrepreneurship competition and got a little bit of money to kind of try starting the business up. Uh, And so between that and dumping my entire life savings into it, uh, I started this company and I, I called the FDA and I said, you know, they, these doctors are asking me for this. Can I actually do this? And they had not developed the test protocols for that before. Uh, so I work directly, I do some research and, and work directly with uh, the Robert Fishnell Medical Device Institute in, at the University of Maryland to help um, with the, develop the test protocols with the FDA for 3D printed uh, medical devices. And so it's really cool because I've published abstracts, research abstracts, uh, with on microporosity, on biocompatibility, and we publish those at the major uh, professional conferences like American Association of Orthopedic Surgeons, uh, uh, the American uh, College of Sports Medicine, etc. And so this year it'll be exciting. I mean, I've been in the innovation theater many times presenting to, you know, the top orthopedic surgeons, and I have many of them actually on my advisory board right now. So I worked with them and the top sports med doctors to develop and uh, continue to design sports Uh, devices that would allow patients to be able to continue their active lifestyles while they're healing from the most common fractures and sprains, uh, as well as uh, chronic conditions like carpal tunnel. So we have now non-weight-bearing lower extremity devices. We have uh, upper extremity devices. We're working on some torso ones. Uh, But the idea of exoskeletons in medicine, as well as in sports for protective gear, as well as for um, in the military or in the service um, and for police, uh, et cetera, who want to have something that's custom fit and designed to them so that they can maintain their mobility uh, as well as their lifestyles, but also maintain, be protected. I mean, especially women, you can imagine, you know, body armor and chest plates on women. They just do not fit. And that really does encumber your ability to do your job when you're out in the field. Right. And so, or to even be safe. I mean, if it slows you down, if it's heavy, if it's in the way, I mean, if it obstructs your movement, it's not going to be helping you. And so really exoskeletons are the future of, in a lot of fields, not just medicine, but I have to focus and make sure that I get the medical devices going out, but we'll also be, so I have a booth at combine NFL combine uh, in February. So we'll be there. I'm excited about that. Um, We're contracted with uh, the NFL and major league baseball. So I'm excited about that. Um, The business is growing very well. We now have 12 contracts across the country. Uh, We just signed a contract with children's hospital, Colorado, which is our first pediatric hospital, uh, which I'm excited about. And we have a couple of more, in the pipeline, um, which is great because I really wanted to be able to help the the folks that okay. I started this company for, which is uh, children and the elderly and the disabled. And that. so when we're covered by Medicaid now, that really helps us be able to make this yeah. a standard of care in I'm the orthopedic so space. Mm-hmm. I could go on forever with the impression to people that you have interest in your product and you're going into funding, but I want to focus on this podcast with 
inspiring other entrepreneurs. Um, you know, a lot of people say, wouldn't it be nice if somebody would create X, Y, Z. So next time somebody comes up with mm -hmm. a great idea, like you did in the hospital that day, give uh, the future entrepreneurs a how do, how do you even get started taking it from concept to actual ideation and, and implementation? Right. So the first step is going to be obviously prototyping. You've got to get something that's functional, that you can prove works, that you can show to people. And I tell entrepreneurs that all the time. They, if, they have, if you have a concept, that's all you have is a concept. You need to make it into a commercial product before you're going to get buy-in. And so and, and don't trust anybody at that early stage. Just invest what you have to to keep it to yourself. If you bring people in too early, you will end up regretting it because nobody's going to be as invested as you are and you're going to lose equity at a rate that you don't want to. Bring your valuation up to the point where when you're ready to bring on any support and help and, and investment and all that, you already have a product there, right? Because you're just hoard that equity and your value in the, in the business and your IP and keep that to you. Keep your patents in your name, keep everything that you possibly can. So that then when you are ready to split that up, you are at a better yeah. valuation when you do it. Um, and so as far as bringing it, I would say don't give up for money right away, but you do need to invest in getting a workable prototype and then get it out there and get it tested. So get it out into the commercial space, prove that there's demand for it and prove that people can use it and, and iterate on the product until it's actually something that's functional. And then you're going to look for your target market. And the first one is always going to be the innovators, you know, the first, the first markets type, the type that are willing to take that risk and, and try your product and use it whether for their demographic, whether it's patients or, or, you know, in whatever industry that you're in. So look for those innovators and get them as champions of your product. When you get the right people as champions of your product to help push you forward, that's the team that you need to build. Bring them on as, as advisors because you can't know Would everything as an individual. So um, it started out in sports medicine just because, yeah, that's, that's where the innovators are. They're using stem cells. They're using bone stem. They're, you know, trying to push the envelope. They're fine. They're, they're not as risk averse as, you know, as the kind of mainstream orthopedics. And so that's why it took me this long to make it a standard of care. It was always, you know, kind of a niche product and you got to find your market entry point. And so a lot of people will like try to go directly for Mayo clinic or, you know, directly for one of the biggest orthopedic clinics or something like that. And don't necessarily do that. Fine. You got to bring it to market before you can make it right. make volume sales. So so you got to get that buy-in first. So that's what I would say is look for your target market entry point and invest in it and keep in mind that, you know, when people say, oh, it'll take three times as much money and three times as long as you think. Yeah, well, I'm going to go with at least five of both, a five time multiple of both. And so just plan for that. You know what I mean? And don't, so, but you also have to go in, you know, all in, right? You can't, you can't just say, oh, I'm just going to wing this on the side as a little side business for five years. You know, it's, it's one of those where the amount of risk that you take is going to result in the amount of reward that can come out of it. And you have to be a little bit crazy to go all in like that. Because, I mean, for me, you know, to dump my entire 401k into it, you know, as a single parent and 
to just invest all in. I mean, I live in a little rental house that my mom, you know, bought with her, uh, with her, you know, her social security. So, uh, and, and I choose to live like that and that's, and that's fine. And if you're fine with it, you really have to love the, the path there. You really have to, you know, love the journey because if you don't, you're going to give up. You have a a lot of where you're going and that's what keeps you motivated in the tiny little it does, but you also have to love the journey itself too, because I mean, t- at any point it could all crumble down. And then if you're not, if you're not of the mindset of, oh, look at all this that I've learned, even if I, even if I lose everything right now, I haven't lost. I mean, I'm, I'm still ahead. I've loved the journey. I've learned a lot. And I feel like it's just a stepping stool to what the next project is or the next mission. And, you know, and your mission has to be based more on your current, more than whatever your current project or your current product or your current job is. So make sure that mission is underlying whatever it is that you're doing. And then it's so people are always like, how do you make, you know, million dollar decisions like that so quickly and easily? You don't even think twice about it. And I said, because it's very simple. I know what my mission is and everything in my life either supports that or it detracts from it. That's it. Any decision that comes to you is one of the two. And it's very easy for me if you're, if you meditate on what your real, like the foundation of why you exist, why you are here, you know, then anything could come at you. They could say, ah, oh, here's a new product line. And I don't have to think that long about whether or not I want to invest in it because I'll be like, okay, is, is this along the lines of, you know, what I'm here for or not, or is this yeah. a distraction from it? And I just make that decision. And, and my two priorities are, you know, my mission and my mm-hmm. kid is part of that. And, and so those two things are what drive me. So, yeah, you know, people are always asking about work-life balance or whatever. And I always laugh at that because there is, I mean, I don't in any way have any balance. And I'm not sure that anyone who's super successful or mission-based does. Um, you might have harmony. And that's what um, I was, I saw the question that you were asking earlier about how, you know, how yeah. do you keep your whole life in yeah, harmony? Exactly. And that's a better word because there's no in your mission. I mean, if you, if you ask mother Teresa or anybody else who, you know, who's living their mission and it's obvious, you know, there's no right. balance in that. It's uh, true. How do you, how do you, <laughs> so, but yourself, um, I mean, holistically well so that you can really do the you how do you stay healthy and fit right so um and i i know that you're thinking mentally as well as physically so yes exactly and 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 so mentally it's a lot about perspective so when i go and i see the actual people that i'm helping i don't get so involved in the business, the day-to-day business and the decision makings get high level to the point where I lose touch with what the intent is, what the end user is experiencing and, and who my customer is. So I spend time with my individual customers and they will change and they will evolve and you constantly need to have your finger on the pulse yeah. and make time for that. Um, so that, that's one of the ways that I do it. But also like my physical health, you know, I travel, you know, probably three states a week on average. And when you do that, yeah, when you do that, it's, it's exhausting both physically and mentally, but it's, it's really cool how your body adapts to things. And so I, I take the right foods that I need to with me. Um, I, I uh, exercise wherever I'm at. 
which is hard to do. I mean, with, when you're at a trade show and you're on your feet for 12 hours and then you want, you really don't want to go work out after, you know? So, so I do, I, I integrate into my life some little things that I can do. Like, for example, if I'm exhausted and I've been on my feet all day, I don't feel like doing cardio or whatever. I do planks and I'll do planks for, you know, five minutes. And that'll at least get my muscles engaged to the point and help me sleep better. And some people, for whatever it is that you find, if it's yoga or whatever it is that you find that you can do that helps you center yourself mentally and physically at the same time, I suggest doing that because that's just efficiency right there. And when you need, when you're so in your job and, you know, when you work 18 hour days or you're all in like I do, you need that mental clarity. And one part of the way that I do that is by, is by doing the physical and mental at the same time, because it's so funny when people are like, Oh, you know, what do you do when you're stressed? And I said, well, I dig ditches. I mean, and, and that's, that's metaphorical, but what I do is I go out and I, I knock myself out with some project, some physical project to, to get where I'm, where I need to be mentally, you know, it kind of brings you back to we're all we're all holistic beings. We all have a spirit and a body that have to work together. And when you're feeling stress, it has impacts on you both mentally and physically. And sometimes you just need to wear yourself out physically in order to stop your head from spinning and sleep. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I love that you get it. The holistic picture, holistic approach to developing people, to helping um, companies create uh, human assets who are productive and engaged. Um, I think part of the reason mm-hmm. why employee engagement is down across the, the floor in uh, American companies, at least, is because humans are not wholly engaged. <laughs> there is absolutely... Right. Well, and that's, and that's all based on mission. Right. Because the key is that if you know what your mission is and it is has synergy with the mission of the business, then you will always feel spiritually engaged in it. And that's where your energy comes from. It doesn't really have to do anything with your physical health or what you eat or whatever, as much as I mean, you can look into the eyes of a 93 year old. And if you see that spark in that fire, you know that they're alive. And you can also see people that are 40 that have dead eyes. And you can you can see where the energy is. It's not it's not, it comes from within and it comes from your spirit. And when you are living your genuine, true mission, uh, you have energy. I mean, like I jump out of bed every morning and uh, I'm excited to work and it's not, you know, and, and I think Steve Jobs said, you know, if you, if you love what you do, you yeah. never work a day in your life. Well, that's true, but it's also not true. Yeah. You're going to work your ass off. I mean, let's be honest, but you're going to love it. And so, um, a hard work when it is mission based and when it's like, literally, if you're doing what you're here to do, you're going to feel inspired. And people, I've had like my interns too, they always say, well, I don't really know what I want to do, or I'm not sure what classes to take in college, or I don't feel really inspired in anything or whatever. And I said, all right, well, you just haven't found your, you just don't know why you're here yet. And that's fine. Cause sometimes it takes a little while, but, and, and they're like, well, how do I find that? And I said, well, you're going to get clues. And the way that you're going to get clues is what excites you? What inspires you? What is it that when you're doing it, you lose time, you forget to eat, 
you forget to use the bathroom. You, oh my gosh, I didn't know I had been here for 12 hours doing it. And I said, and don't tell me it's playing video <laughs> games, but like, you know, whatever it is that you feel like, Hey man, I have a natural tendency and a talent for this. I feel like I was built for it. Whatever that is, that's what you need to turn into your career or channel toward, you know, something that can make you help people in society or whatever you feel like you're here to do. And that's really what it comes down to. When you do that, you're never going to lose energy or motivation or whatever. Right. And the money's not going to so matter. Right? That's so perfect. Now, we're at the bottom of our 20 minute interview segment. I just wanted to ask you, um, Diana question, when you're sitting down on a Friday night, relaxing, if that ever happens, um, you know, it's called because we, we live holistically, right? And we're going to enjoy a glass of wine. So tell me, what is mm -hmm. it that you pull out when you're enjoying your, your reward? Well, I like um, Cabernet. I like reds. I'm not really, I, I mean, I'm not a wine connoisseur, but if I do, I like something dry and I like it full bodied and I like a Cabernet. I like it from Washington. I'm not a huge fan of the California ones. So um, yeah, I, I like a nice dry yeah, full bodied Cabernet. There. I'll, Pull out a Syrah for you and see what you think. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I think it's important to live all of life. And if we're going to have a glass of wine, we're going to have a good one. Right? Well, I appreciate your time. I think Perfect. your story is so inspirational. And I think I really um, I'm excited about staying in touch with you and finding out um, how things progress the next couple of years. So we had Perfect. that connection at TEDx. And... I will, um, I hope you'll share this with all your peeps. You, it's good timing, right? You have a big launch coming up. Yep. We have a big launch coming up. We're going to do a bunch of press to keep your eye open and we have investment opportunities available. Our last seed round is opening right now. So if you know any accredited investors who want membership in my LLC, as this thing goes nationwide, uh, please uh, look at, check out our website at activearmor.com, A-C-T-I-V-A-R-M-O-R.com for investment opportunities. Yeah, We'd love to have you on board. Answer the question. Thanks. And I'll put that um, link in the show notes too. So people can get you anywhere. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, Diana. And I will be in touch. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Women, Wine, and Leadership. If you're craving a little bit more information, make sure to go to 360lifestrategies.com and check on the podcast link for more information on each episode. You can also catch some conversation at the 360 Life Strategies page on Facebook. You can see what it looks like to live a life fully balanced and um, in harmony with people on the Instagram page at Donna Carlson 360. You can always check us out on LinkedIn and Facebook in the Women, Wine, and Leadership groups because we're there where you can just start a conversation with women just like you on the topics that we've discussed so that you can hopefully get some alignment and a little mentoring for your own life. Join us there and let us know what you think. Please rate this podcast. Until next time.